All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Hello, Stargate friends. It's the triumphant return of the podcast. It's been, uh, how many is that? October last year was the last episode. November, December, April, January, February, April, May. It's seven months ago since I had even 40 minutes to set aside to do something fun like this, like watch a Stargate episode. But I finally found 40 minutes. Um, the big thing that's changed is um, I got married. Yay! It's great. It's lovely. It's awesome. And it's, it, you know, it's taken up a lot of my time and things are different now. Um, and that's fine. And I also, <laughs> you know, I mean, my Stargate podcast is suffering, but like, that's not your fault, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I got married to Cassie. I have a Cassie, just like in Stargate. There's a Cassandra. Um, but the other thing is also, um, I got a new job. I've gotten out of the old uh, tourism hotel management industry because it's, well, it's crap, isn't it? <laughs> That's for a younger person who sort of is fine with traveling to exotic places to work in terrible conditions. <laughs> now I am a medical administrator, meaning I do the office work for some um, for some doctors in their private practice. I do quite a lot of office work, and I think you know, um, being staring at the screen all day every day is um, kind of it's putting me off from playing video games as well. You know, I used to play, play a few hours of video games a week, and now it's like I don't want to I don't want to look at any screens anymore. <laughs> so that also has played its part in the reason why I've not returned to the fine fine uh, experience of watching Stargate with you all. Anyway. Shall we jump right aboard the old ship of uh, Smoke and Mirrors, an episode written by Catherine Powers from uh, Story Ideas by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully, so, and uh, directed by Peter Deloey. So, on paper, this is a great combination. My, my overall impression of this episode is that it kind of ended up being a little bit joyless, um, so I was a little bit surprised about that. Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully, combined with Peter DeLuise, are very humorous folks. Would have thought that the humor would come through. And this Catherine Powers, this is apparently the last episode she's written. And she did some, um, how can we put this? Some real clangers. <laughs> she was responsible for emancipation. Uh, the terrible episode that's often called the worst one ever. They, you know, Brief Candle, Thor's Hammer, Fire and Water, Enigma, Politics, Thor's Chariot, Family, Serpent Song, Out of Mind, Pretense, Crossroads. 
um, none of those jump out at me as actually being super fun. <laughs> so my working theory, having now taken in her body of work, is that she's a bit of a wet blanket <laughs> on the fun of Stargate, or the potential fun that can be. So this one, it's, um, it's a very, very cool premise. Really, I really like that. And that's the thing that Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully do, being the new guys in Stargate. They uh, pick things up in the story, stories that have gone before them, and kind of tease out little threads of things left over. Like, in this case, Jack O'Neill, you know, previously on Stargate SG-1, wanted to shoot Senator Kinsey. Well, what if he did it? You know, and the story develops from that idea. So it's a great premise. Um, so in the uh, the previously, we've got the backstory with Mayborn and Kinsey. So five points and five points on the board for this episode, because those are my two favorite weasels featured in the episode, doing their weaselly stuff. <laughs> we're, you know, we're back in this world, the NID underworld side of Stargate SG-1. We're not meeting alien races here. We don't even see an alien, except for Teal'c and Jonas. Um, this is an Earth episode, another Earthbound episode, and that's the joke, apparently, that uh, they used to say about Joseph Malenzi and Paul Mali, like, they do know that the Stargate goes other places, right? Because they kept writing these episodes that were based on Earth. Um, how far would you go? That's the question, Jack O'Neill. How far would you go? And we've seen Jack can be a stubborn son of a bitch, you know, he can be vindictive, he doesn't hold a grudge, but he, he knows, he doesn't, you know, he's not an asshole <laughs> over personal matters. He can be an asshole if you're, like, morally wrong, then he'll, like, he'll have it in for you. So Senator Kinsey is on the shit list. Not because he doesn't like him, just because he's, like, you know, an evil man who's going to make humanity worse, and Colonel O'Neill's, like, trying to... Yeah, he's breaking his balls here, trying to save the planet, only for Kinsey to be schmarring around Washington, D.C. in the halls of power, fucking it all up for him. <laughs> Helping the bad guys. Anyway, well, this looks bad, doesn't it? Because all the evidence says Colonel O'Neill did the assassination. And you gotta kind of think... Just, let's, you know, how much credibility do we give this, if we think about it for a second? I th I can totally see Kurt Russell, <laughs> Jack O'Neill, <laughs> pulling on, pulling this off. He he was a much more brutal guy with, you know, I, I suppose, much less concern for consequences. But, of course, that was just the nature of the, the Stargate movie, was it? He had no fear of consequences. Bit of a lethal weapon, even. Um... The Colonel O'Neill from Richard Dean Anderson is, yeah, he, you know, we've gone to six seasons worth of lengths to prove that he's a moral and good man who stands up for the right thing all the time. So it's a little tougher to believe, isn't it? Um, but I do like that just occasionally they'll throw this in to throw, to, to like, uh, to muddy the waters of his character. In the episode Shades of Grey, the whole thing is a scam, of course, it's a con, it's a, it's a, it's a ploy, 
Um, but he does seem to have turned over this really bad leaf and becomes a baddie who's, who's got a bad attitude about stuff and wants to get technology and screw over alien allies. Um, <laughs> and so they're kind of pushing those buttons once again. They don't really do it, though, because the thing is, Richard Dean Anderson is not in this episode very much. Like, like one minute at the beginning, um where he says, I didn't do it, and that's basically all he has to do. And this is, of course, season six, the beginning of the the uh, production of Stargate SG-1 TV show uh, began to have less time available with Richard Dean Anderson, the main character, the executive producer, the, whole, the guy upon which the whole thing turns and whose shoulders rest. He's like not showing up for work as many days anymore. So some of the episodes in season six and seven in particular begin to kind of like, uh, you know, he's not around. He Colonel O'Neill's off doing this other thing this week. Why don't you and Jonas and <laughs> Sam and Teal just investigate this for me? Good idea. And, and then, of course, in season eight, um, maybe I shouldn't spoil it for the people who are doing their first watch through. God, you people. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Get onto it. Just run ahead. Or if you go go on ahead. Um in season eight, of course, Jack O'Neill has a slightly different role in the SGC and doesn't find himself going off in big adventures anymore that would require him to be like traveling around <laughs> the countryside shooting his scenes. He, he's much more like just in the SGC, which I'm sure was much easier for production and so on. Anyway, should we get started? It's been, what, nine minutes I've been talking here? Here we go. Um, what do my notes say? Oh yeah, the first thing after the credits is that Senator Kinsey, uh, the reporter, talks about his party, so they're very non-denominational there, not, not taken aside. Um, I believe I've heard it in the past that it's assumed that Bill Clinton is the president in the Stargate SG-1 timeline, and his successor is the uh, fictional Hayes? President Henry Hayes? Is Henry the right name? It's Hay President Hayes, anyway, and I don't recall if Senator Kinsey becomes vice president or, or something. He's a senator, at least. Um, but, of course, in the episode 2010 which was a while back now, but uh, that glimpse of a dystopian future that Stargate showed us, <laughs> Senator Kinsey is the president of <laughs> Evil Corp. <laughs> I mean, it might as well be called um, President of America. So we, we do want to prevent that from happening at all costs. Anyway, there's a push and swell point for the episode when Colonel O'Neill gets hauled away. Five points because upstairs for some briefing is Major Davis, and um, I did note in this whole beginning, this opening, Jonas Quinn, so cut up about the Earth matters, very confused, the look of consternation on the actor's face. Coronemic. <laughs> wow, Jonas Quinn doesn't understand, and things on Earth should be understandable. They should be done in an understandable way. This is very wrong. <laughs> Jonas, Jonas just got here. He's been here for ten minutes. Why do you care, bro? <laughs> How do you know what's normal on Earth? How do you know when things are actually cause for concern and when they're not? Anyway, the video footage appears and Colonel O'Neill did it. And um, you gotta say, like, 
just a little yay when General Hammond says, we can't do anything, but I'm ordering you to figure this out. It's like, yay, General Hammond. That's nice. A nice, nice little, little note for him to play there. One more push and swell point coming up, and then ten points because um, Teal'c is, of course, trying to pass off as human in this episode. He's wearing the hats. <laughs> Murray. And um, he's they're visiting O'Neill. <clears throat> visiting O'Neill, and they... I guess they could have played out the mystery a little bit more. That would have been actually quite nice, wouldn't it? To have Colonel O'Neill denying it the whole way through and for them to find more and more and more and more and more evidence. But in the end, they kind of give up the plot immediately and they say, you know, he's got no alibi, so it's the perfect time to frame him. So he's probably been framed. So immediately we're talking about body switching. He's not who we think he is, so that's five points for the episode for featuring that. And um, I did have a laugh at the next thing when they when they explained to Jonas Quinn about the whole foothold foothold situation. I gave it five points because he's like, it's it's the Jonas Quick Study thing. He's like, I've been reading every report. Why haven't I heard about this? He doesn't doesn't quite say that he's a quick study, but <clears throat> I'm giving it. <laughs> it was definitely implied. Um, Area fifty one. Let's go to Area 51. We're kind of like jet-setting all over the place. Oh, lots of locations for this episode of Stargate SG-1. I'm I going to say I don't... I, as, at this point, it's very... Very procedural, isn't it? It's like we're unfolding a mystery. So here's a collection of shots about people walking into a room, having a few words, and another piece of information is revealed. I mean, at, at its heart, that's all that any story ever is. But on the other hand, this is a particularly boring kind of one. <laughs> I Like I've said it. I love the concept, was a little bit bored by the execution of this one. Um, one more point for the front gate stock footage guys with the, back at SGC, the plan is that once they've figured out that the Mimic devices are faked, they can use them to, um, to flush out the real bad guys. Um, so Captain, uh, <clears throat> Major Carter goes to Washington, and they do some stock footage of, like, Sam arriving in Washington, and for a second I was terribly, terribly afraid that they were gonna do the thing they did in the episode 1969, where they do the montage of traveling cross-country <laughs> in a bus with, like, a, a, a red line dotting its way across a map, for God's sakes, and a... a cheery road trip jingle, some blue-eyed soul song playing it. Oh my gosh, they almost did that as Samantha Carter traveled to Washington in this episode. I was like, oh god, no, they didn't quite take it that far. But anyway, she's there to visit Agent Barrett, who is the NID guy from uh, Nightwalkers, who screwed things up so royally. Um, and uh, he does this thing where he's talking out loud, saying, I can't help you, you're out of your mind, you're a crazy person, get out of my office, but on paper, he's secretly writing down, I have secret information for you, meet me later behind the bike sheds. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I did like seeing that, actually, because um, we've just watched on Netflix a brand new series that's just been released called The Diplomat, um, which was very compulsively good watching um, and 
the American ambassador had that quite a lot. She would go into a room and some Russian intelligence person would be there and they would know they're being bugged. So the Russian person gave her this big, loud lecture about capitalists in the West thinking they own the world. But in the meantime, he's rolling a cigarette and has this secret message on his cigarette paper, which he then shows her and then rolls up into a cigarette and burns. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, this has been in TV shows before. Here it is in Stargate. Um, and of course, Samantha Carter packed a, a Air Force uniform for this trip, but also packed her powder blue cardigan. <laughs> and you got to laugh at the, uh, uh, the thing Agent Barrett says about in the year 2075, climate change will be a problem for Earth. <laughs> yeah, you're really dating yourself here, Stargate. It's 2023, for God's sakes. We're almost there. <laughs> oh my god, we're so old and we're watching this TV show. What are we doing, guys? You, right there. I'm talking to you. Oh my god. Whew. Anyway, let's get back to it. Um, Agent Barrett, I found to be, throughout all his briefings, the most boring and wooden part of this whole rather wooden episode. <laughs> But I suppose that's his character, is it his character? Like, being a boring desk guy? <laughs> but then Teal'c is too, and Jonas. Samantha Carter's kind of like, she's doing stuff, but she's not being, like, super animated or interesting about it. She's just kind of, we're all just walking our way through the mystery playing detective here, aren't we? Um, this is what I mean about it being not really fun, you know? Um, not a lot of off-the-cuff jokes, not a lot of hanging out in a hotel room, just chilling out and some funny character things happening, just keep the mystery going. Anyway, um, I did love this, uh, the visit that comes up to the slimy arms dealer. <laughs> he was a very good character. Now that was fun. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The way he smiles at her. She's like, she says, you know, she gives away that she really, really, really wants that thing that piece of evidence, and she says, how much? <laughs> so now he just smiles, because he's like, oh, you're such an amateur. Now I will <laughs> twist the, what's the expression? Twist the knife? I don't know. Strangle? I don't know. He's going he's gonna to get more money. <laughs> he was very good, that, that actor. Very brief appearance. Absolutely nailed it. A plus. That was some fun. This is what I'm talking about. And then, yeah, and then, of course, the, the, the plan is um, the Agent Barrett has to has to betray the NID. And at this point, I just collapsed into hysterical giggles because of one of my favorite parts from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I will now insert. Yes. So we're ready. Let's break into the FBI. Oh, come on, Captain. This is such a big moment. Say it with more gusto. Indeed, like this. Let's break into the FBI. Oh, I see. Let's break into the FBI. No. Let's break into the FBI. 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 I feel like I'm doing it. Let's break into the FBI. Let's break into the FBI. Okay. Let's... I think we got it. Now. Let's break into the FBI. 
Let's break into the FBI. <laughs> All right, we got five points here as a wild card that I just gave it because of the the lightning bolt of nostalgia that hit me when I saw them transferring data on a floppy disk. This is the year 2001, you'll recall. <laughs> Those of you old enough to remember these things, please stretch and take care of your knees. <laughs> You're very old. Okay. Now, of course, all our characters are slightly out of place in this episode, so when it comes to computer hacking at the SGC, it is, of course, Dr. Fraser who was called in to perform some plot device. And this is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. As I mentioned, I have a new job as a medical administrator, which means I take care of healthcare records. And she's like, let's just look at the national database. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> like hell you will. <laughs> uh, that's The reason it's funny is that, like, a good deal of my job is just, like, when a... A document comes to us or is supposed to come to us, I have to like phone them back or email them back and be like, hey, you didn't even send the thing you said you were going to. You know, please attach the attachment. Can you send the other one? You sent the wrong one. You didn't send anything at all. Please fix. Thank you. <laughs> this is all I spend my time doing is like getting people to actually send documents because they are constantly forgetting. Healthcare is a mess. No one has time to look at the little details like that. You know, and things like when you press send on a document, things like the contact details are wrong on on some doctor or pharmacy you meant to send it to. Like, you know, and it causes you a backup and you only find it three days later. This is the kind of crap I deal with now. <laughs> so this thing of Dr. Fraser is rather naive and uh, optimistic <laughs> that there is one computer file that has a list of everything in the nation. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Um, General Hammond on the phone call with Samantha Carter is wearing a wedding ring. Have we been into that? Is he married? I mean, he has a daughter, so obviously, like, that was that's something that has happened, but it's never mentioned that he has a wife. So, I presume he's a widower. Who could divorce a man like that? Well, then he wouldn't be wearing his ring. So, that's unclear. Is that worth looking up on the old Stargate fandom? General Hammond, Stargate, is he married? Top result. Hammond is widowed, losing his wife to cancer three to four years before returning to Cheyenne Mountain to take over the Stargate project. As discussed in the episode from season one, Tin Man. Okay. And I did have an, a good laugh, so much so that I gave it another five wildcard points. Um, when Tilk says Daniel Jackson taught him to drive <laughs> back in 1969 when they had to drive that bus across the country with the aforementioned red dotted line on the map. Oh dear. 
then uh, Jonas Quinn has a um, a chase through a backyard, and it's it's very funny because it's like Hot Fuzz. Have you ever seen Hot Fuzz? If you type in Hot Fuzz into go to YouTube, here's YouTube.com. Type in Hot Fuzz Fence Jump, and then you'll just see this clip. <laughs> <laughs> of these police officers pursuing a suspect through a backyard and smashing through the fences because instead of jumping over them. Just like in this pit. It's very funny. And of course Stargate came first, so it preempted um the hot fuzz scene. Anyway, one more point for the front gate. Stock footage guys walking around. Cheyenne Mountain. Tilk. He will tell you all he knows. Yes, <laughs> Tilk is the torturer. And now this is fun. This is the fun I'm talking about. We, we get like 30 seconds, maybe 60 seconds of this scene. How, would, how does Tilk torture somebody? He sits there in silence and lets you fall apart in front of him. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and just to go back to Brooklyn Nine Nine for a second, um <laughs> you think about another massive jacked black man, Terry Crews, um when he says, I'm gonna interrogate this guy, but I have to hurry because my wife is in labor and Terry's like <laughs> Don't worry, I'll crack him, and then it cuts to him, like, pleading and whining with the guy. <laughs> please, please, I have to go, you're ruining this day for me! <laughs> Two different ways of torturing people, uh, neither of which is the one you thought, where the, he was just, this massive fit dude was gonna beat the shit out of the suspect. <laughs> anyway... Ten points I gave it next because um, Barrett and Sam Carter break into that house and it goes kaboom and they do this great dive and of course he lands on top of her. So, I mean, the tension is tiny, it's minuscule, it's uh, implied rather than explored. Um, but it's there. It's the tension of, hey, we're working together and I'm, we have, we're forming a relationship and I'm going to be gallant now and protect you, my woman. And of course she has none of it. She's like, get the hell off me. <laughs> She's like, bitch, I just saved you. <laughs> anyway, you gotta love this next bit where we explore the committee. The committee. The evil committee. <laughs> I laughed so much. This evil committee, like a bunch of stereotypes, actually sits around a stereotypical evil table to have their evil meetings. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. And yeah, I haven't been here for a while, so um, speaking of shit I've watched on Netflix, um something else that came out in the past seven months. The Pentaveret by Mike Myers. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah. This might have been 
super cutting-edge TV in the time of Stargate, but now in 2023, I'm just kind of laughing at all the other stuff that's done it since and done it a little bit better and made a mockery of it. This is basically what's happened to this episode. <laughs> There's one point here because Senator Kinsey is not dead and they're sending Major Davis. Oh, no! There's a push and swell there. And then the episode is over. It's all, um, yeah, all, all taken care of and, and stuff. Baddies are taken off to prison. Put them up. <laughs> and then uh, all that's left is for Senator Kinsey to uh, get dressed in his electioneering outfit and meet the press. And Colonel O'Neill is back in the episode for a fraction of a second. Um, blink and you'll miss him. <laughs> but you gotta say, Ronnie Cox doing some excellent weaseling around, isn't he? He's gonna make you a hero. He's gonna get everything he ever wanted. And he's gonna make you look good, even though you didn't want to look good or do this at all. <laughs> he's getting everything he wants. It's a good day for Senator Kinsey. So it's just beautiful, weaseley behavior. I love it. And now Jack has to shake his hand and help him get elected. Ah, crap. <laughs> now, I am not sure. It's said that it's this episode, they took down the committee, the, ro the rogue evil people within the NID. I don't know for sure that there's not more coming about Senator Kinsey being in charge of the whole NID thing from the beginning. I don't know if this was all Senator Kinsey's plan, or if he's just making the most of whatever's come his way. It would make sense, knowing what we know about how Weasley he is, uh, it would make a ton of sense if he was the one who tasked the committee to fake his assassination to flush out Jack O'Neill. You know? Because that was the committee's plan, is to get rid of O'Neill, then to get rid of Hammond. So Ronnie Cox is like, hey, I'll take a bullet for this cause. You guys at the NID just, uh, you know, provide the means, and this will be a great way to get what we both want. But then in the end, what Ronnie Cox really wanted was for SG-1 to, uh, to win. And to undo it. And to... Um, do it the other way, which makes Ronnie Cox, I mean, Senator Kinsey, look like a national hero. So it's a win-win for Senator Kinsey, if indeed he was behind it. I'm not sure. Anyway, we should wrap this up. So, uh, the commentary, um, Gary Jones, hanging out with Peter DeLuise. Very funny. Talking about, um, stuff. <laughs> They're just funny dudes. Um, the actor I noticed when reading through the wiki page that plays the the Langham, Dr. Langham, the guy, the suspect, he's also in another episode coming up in season seven called Space Race, which is one of the ones I randomly had on a VHS tape back in the day. And like, I was like, what the hell is this episode? This episode Space Race is like, I'm going to... Just off the top of my head, I'm going to say it's the most outlandish episode there is, except for episode 100 and 200, which are absolutely crazy. Um, but this one, like, doesn't belong. One of these things is not like the others. So it's, it's really cool. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I can't wait to get to that one. But uh, I, I thought he looked ever so slightly familiar. <laughs> anyway, and I realized that there's three more points to be had as a mild reference inserted by Peter DeLuise here. In that scene with the um, smiley arms dealer, um, it's supposed to be a reference to James Bond, the man with the golden gun. He had a powerful weapon. Now he's lying dead on the floor. It's the man with the golden gun. Okay, okay. I think we've gone on too far. The uh, the episode has a total score of 63 points. I haven't even looked at the scoreboard. I haven't done anything to do with the podcast in a long time. Let's see what 63 points gets you. It's not in the top 10 of all time. <laughs> we know that much. It is the third highest scoring of season six so far. So there you go. Thanks for joining me. And hey, I I promise you... And this is, this is my promise to you. Um, we are going to finish every episode in Stargate SG-1 and very likely Atlantis and Universe as well. So I'm sorry. I'm very sorry to have been away for seven months. I may be away another seven months. I have no idea. I also, I mean, I'm, I've mentioned this in past episodes. I have long COVID, so sometimes I'm just exhausted. Too tired um, to even think. Um, so God knows when I'll be back, but I will be back. This show will go on and we're going to get through all of this, even if it takes my lifetime. (laughs) We've already exceeded the wildest imaginations of the Stargate producers who made an episode called 2010 in which vastly bizarre futuristic scenarios were envisaged that were impossible and fantastical and we've exceeded that it's the year 2023 (laughs) imagine if you will what this is going to be like watching stargate sg1 in the year 2050 let that just sink right into your mind and then blow it Whoa! <laughs> um, you can contact me, creeyuhu at gmail.com. Um, I probably wouldn't rely so much on Twitter anymore because, of course, the year 2023 in the past seven months, uh, Twitter has become the place where white supremacists and crazy bots live in, on Elon Musk's dick. I just want right now to start associating those things. Elon Musk, dick. Let's just put that out there. Every time we say one of those things, we say the other thing with it. They are linked now. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm Cree Yuho on Twitter, but I'm I'm not really there anymore because it's gross and disgusting. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I have a dog to walk, uh, a job to work, a uh, marriage to have and uh, a podcast episode to upload. So please do look after yourselves. Send me a tweet if you really want to, or send me an email, or say hello. Um, And once again, sorely missed Rick and Roe from the uh, companion podcast, Open the Iris, who have ceased operation last year. Sorry about that. 
I do miss listening to them. Um, and then possibly that's also part of the reason why I haven't been onto it very much is because it's been out of my mind because I haven't even been listening to them as well. This is my final goodbye. Um, see you later and join me next time for... Just look in the thing. What's next? Is it... Dang. No, that's not it. That's not it. Smoke and mirrors. Paradise Lost is next. Ugh, what a goodie. And here we go. Reversing course from everything I've said in this episode. This ep The next episode, Paradise Lost, completely Jack O'Neill. 100% Jack O'Neill. It's the Jack O'Neill show. So <laughs> there you go. It all balances out in the end. You win some, you lose some. See you next time. Let's enjoy the next one. Yay.